Okay, I'm Nico, a compulsive overeater and bulimic. And uh, I'm in my 35th year of OA uh, and active the whole time and grateful and proud to be a member. And um, when I came into OA, I was 32 years old. And now I'm 68 and have been blessed with the problems of being a senior citizen. And uh, one thing I should say I've taken, done pretty good with for probably 40 years is keeping an extremely good dental hygiene. Because uh, I'm a dental abuse survivor uh, from the 60s and that affected my eating disorder. And, and I feel like I was really bred to be uh, a pretty bad compulsive overeater and um, eventually get some really bad eating disorders in my teens. And the recipes for that were just uh, just life growing up and didn't help to grow up in a real rough neighborhood, a ghetto-like neighborhood. And um, growing up, knowing things I shouldn't know uh, at five years old or whatever, growing up scared, basically. And my my relief was food. Uh, I grew up in a real Asian ghetto area in Sacramento, California. I still preside there. I'm proud of our inner group. Uh, we have a pretty huge inner group. And we're putting on the region conference this the summer in July. But, um, yeah, we had a lot of little Asian corner markets. And they sold all these little broke-up candies and small amounts so people could afford them. And I just remember getting my daily fix and riding my bike to some of these old, old elementary school buildings that look like prisons and going up the fire escape stairs and having my bike ready to run from the muggers and go up there and just, you know, do my little thing just by myself, you know, eat my little stuff. And I found refuge in that. I found peace. So it's kind of like meditation period. It's kind of like using to the tool of survival, you know, and being able to see if any muggers or gangsters were, coming my way and I had enough time to get away from them. So I I grew up like that. I always loved bicycles because I could escape the evil people fast from them. Um but I think I grew I was underway till I was about entering puberty and finally got tired of my relatives and a lot of them that were obese hounding me to uh to eat, eat, eat. They said, eat, eat, eat. So finally, about 10, 11, puberty age, I thought, screw it, I better start eating because uh, I am kind of too skinny. And when I look back at, at those pictures, I felt like I actually didn't look that skinny. Uh, I looked normal. It's just that everyone else around was so overweight and uh, so food-obsessed. You know, I just wasn't one of them. So I wanted to become one of them. So I started eating. And I remember, like, eating real simple and not liking foods of many spices. I liked everything, like, really plain with nothing on it. And then I slowly changed that to eating what they were eating. So I did what they did, and I got what they had, which was obesity. 
by the time I was 13, my family, my mom and my sister and I, we all joined uh, a popular panway back then. At the time, and we became kind of lifelong members. And we used to always go on Wednesday night because uh, that way we had, um, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to kind of eat. Then we had a couple of days to clean up, and we just went for the scale. And then after the lecture and stuff, we'd always drive by a fast food place and get some stuff, whether we gained or lost, just for trying to do it for a week. But, you know, it did help me because it taught me, you know, different food plans and taught me different things and learned that it was a serious thing. And the leader had was keeping off a few hundred pounds and had a big giggle under his chin. And uh, he was great. He was charismatic and everything. And I learned a lot, you know, for my age at 11, 12 years old. Except it got me really diet disorder too. And so by the time I was 14, I was pretty hard for uh, anorexia. I decided just to quit eating because then I started getting bugged by my whole family. You're too fat. You're too fat. You're eating too much. So it was like my food was always everybody's business. But um, in the end, what happened was I decided. I'm just not going to eat no more. And then somewhere around 14, 15, uh, when I was anorexic and I was very underweight, um, I discovered on my own with some friends out drinking and stuff, um, we would go gorge on some fast food. And by accident, I discovered purging. And when I was 15, and it started almost a 20-year nightmare, really, really bad. And... uh. I reached the depths of it. It wasn't even a concept to ever talk to anybody about it, especially being a male. And um, I did keep a lot of weight off doing it, but in the end, it always leads to obesity because with high odor hernias and stomach problems, uh, eventually I had to keep a lot of certain foods down. And then, you know, because the amount of food I was eating was so big um it was i gained weight very quickly uh here's a a picture of me there and i think i'm 15 and i weigh about 115 pounds because i know i'm down to my last belt buckle there and uh so that's my skinny picture and then eventually uh i went to oa when i was about 22 and it was really like not a good represent representation of Overeaters Anonymous. It was in the uh, early 70s. And it was at a church and everything just like that. But they had a scale there. So people were weighing in. Uh, they were doing all kinds of things that would be just a horrible meaning. So everybody got up and talked and testified from the podium since I was a graduate of drug rehab groups and so i went up there and said my piece and and then i thought i looked at the the gray sheet and everything i was saying this is nothing my diet club's got way better exchange programs and everything it got way better food plan and this is okay the people are nice and everything and they're okay but i like my group better i've been in it so long and other groups so 
I just return to those to the pain ways and almost continue to be real diet disordered. And but I thought there was something about it, but then years later I met a couple of women that I was in college with and they were both obese and then within a year I saw them get very thin and uh I asked them what they were doing because obviously I was having a weight problem too and uh they told me they were going to uh OA and that there was this really good meaning in this area so I went over there and everything and I didn't like it because I I didn't feel it was for everyone because um I didn't like the, the whole God trip and being raised Eastern and everything. And a lot of it, I felt a real affront to because I didn't feel very welcome because that's why I've been about the only dark person in the room. And so, you know, once again, I didn't go back. But um, uh, the big book says we're beaten to a state of reasonableness that uh, food was a great persuader. And I think it's really important to hit rock bottom because if you don't hit bottom you're not willing to do everything so it took me being morbidly obese being severely bulimic and took me till i was 32 before the white flag went up and i was willing and ready to do anything but if people had to lay hands on me and do some weird religious <laughs> christian so i don't care you know i would have did it you know just i'm gonna die this way here's a picture of me uh obese there on the right i was pushing 400 pounds then so i'm keeping off about 270 pounds for many years and uh, 20 years of not purging and i'm really proud of that because um i could say that it's a spiritual thing that did it but you know it was three-legged stool it was emotional physical and spiritual because somewhere along the way you have to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and just don't eat because it's just not going to happen, you know, because I tried to get in one with God and doing all that stuff and all these different methods. But bottom line was I had to donate and go to meetings and and um, any OA meeting is like an encyclopedia diet and weight loss is we're all diet disordered and sick with it. So we all know a lot of the same things of how to do it. Well, at least we know them for ourselves. My mentor in my life and somebody I look up to was Mr. Rogers because he said that we're all unique. All the children and people on the show were so unique, special, and different in their each their own way. And I learned that that was the true meaning of the word autonomy in, a, in a OA, that um, it's, it's autonomous. How we do our program, when we do it, what time we do it, how we eat is nobody else's business but our own. It's between us and God, you know. And who cares anyway? The results, if you get them done, you don't need to have a sponsor that tells you exactly what to do, when to wake up, when to cut apart or whatever. You know, it's like there's a lot of sick people in the rooms that can't take care of their own craps and they want to take care of yours. But really, I think... You know, working with others, the most important thing is to empower them and love them and accept them for just how they are at the time. It's, it's like the acceptance part. It's like to get to where I'm going, I have to be where I'm at and love myself for where I'm at. And when I came in in OA, I started going to a lot of meetings in the suburbs and 
met a lot of the cute little obese old ladies I've been there 10, 20 years. And they were real sweet and nice. So I liked going there. And uh, But I felt like, God, it's sad you've been here so long. You still have eating problems. Then I learned that all that stuff was none of my business because I didn't know what they were going through. And I didn't want really anybody else to know what I was going through. So I just kept coming. And they would say, Oh, we'll love you till you love yourself. And you'll be doing good when you can look in the morning in the mirror in the morning and smile and hug yourself. And I went, oh, brother, I am never going to do that stuff because I was basically a street gangster. And I'm thinking, what am I doing with these decent white people that they only knew <laughs> was their worst nightmare? I was the guy breaking in cars and causing their children havoc. And, you know... I'm a gangster, you know, I don't do this stuff, but you know, food was a great persuader. I was willing to do anything. So I got a really good sponsor and oh, thank you. I got the, the warning. Um, so, you know, step by step, I just like, um, I learned that, um, uh, I just had to keep coming back that that was the only thing I could do perfectly. So this is another picture of me uh, after, I don't know, five years of, seven years of uh, of OA, and I was a WSL rep, and I was at the uh, Washington Monument uh, with my traveling bicycle. I would do service for OA, go to events, and bring my traveling bicycle and put it together and just ride along the whole area. And uh, so that that was a, kind of a long time ago now, but um, the the world service rep thing was just great, meeting people from all over the world in OA. And this is one person that I got to know through going to those things and going to the regional meetings and being a regional rep and stuff was uh, was our founder, Roseanne Scorch, yeah, and her husband. That's us on the, I think we are, in New York or something, but I'd I'd see him and and she really was really kind and befriending me and I thought, you know, this is like kind of strange because um I don't see her befriending too many people, especially men. And then she was nice to the men though, but so I asked her one time, I said, I feel like you've been especially nice to me way back from regional service. And I said, I'm just kind of curious, do you like why you know and she goes well real simple do you see anybody who looks like you in the rooms i go uh i think maybe i'm at one you know and she goes well i've seen a few come in but nobody stays but especially being male and being of color or whatever uh i just don't want to see you leave i want to see you do this thing and i was doing it and through, so as i did it more and more and more she's really taught me so much and led me in the right land. Uh, I'm super grateful. I have a way of life and I could deal with these eating situations and food situations with confidence and know what to do. I My program is totally page 84, last paragraph, 10-step promise with cease buying anything and everything, including food, for by now sanity has returned. And I know that my sanity has returned when I don't have, when I had the crazy food thoughts and they do come for whatever reason from the 
depths of my darkness, I know what to do. You know, I know it's a we program and I know I can't do it alone. I need other people. I need God. I, I, and I need my center more than anything. I have to love myself and have passion for life and have the passion that way surpasses anything I got from food. So I kind of have a love-hate thing with food. OA taught me to not run away from any food, but not to run towards uh, any food either. So that's it for me. Thank you.